Welcome to the Hey Best Friend podcast. My name is Spencer Lee, and I am a sarcastic and opinionated polymath artist, realist, reformer, question asker, and Jesus believer. Join me as I rummage through and wrestle with my thoughts, ask tough questions, get us thinking, and explore vulnerability, just like you would with a best friend. So hey, best friend! Let's talk internal and communal vulnerability with my good friend, Cassie T. So today we have my great friend and ex-roommate, crying tears right now, um, Cassie Solis. Hey, girl. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about community and vulnerability and just internal processing. Um, I guess like I, I'll just share with my listeners, like I, Cassie came into my life at a really important season in my life. Um, and it was really unexpected (laughs) and we've shared this story a bunch of times, but, um, basically I was. I had this opportunity to live on my own and we were going to the same church at the time. And the Lord told me to tell Cassie that we had space at our apartment and I was going to have space to myself for about six months. And I was really excited to live alone, but the Lord was like, tell Cassie that you have space. And I was like, okay. So I told Cassie and, um, it ended up being exactly what I needed, like friendship wise. Um, at that time I was like praying for friends that were, um, really intentional and personable and really cared about me and my, my insides, (laughs) my my internal uh, bits of just like my heart and really cared about my heart and my mind and like what I was going through. And it was at the time too, I had figured out that my ex had cheated on me, all this stuff. So it was like just the most perfect God ordained friendship. And then from there, it was like another season where I was like, okay, well, am I living alone? I don't know if we're going to move together. And thank God, like, again, God is so faithful to give us what we need, the community that we need, even if we don't know we need it or don't want it. Um, and quarantine happened. <laughs> so um, and yeah, again, another point where I was so thankful that God led us to still live together because living alone would have driven me crazy like I would have been completely depressed um and so anyways I'm super excited to have her on here and to just share her process like vulnerability and yeah so what is what's been going on with you girl yes vulnerability the scary (laughs) word beautiful and scary at the same time but uh yeah I can just say you know to mirror that as well as I feel like Spencer came into my life at a very pivotal moment, a, a, par- a very like um, such a transitional moment for me and my identity. Uh, so I feel like we just both had such a beautiful exchange of being able to see healing on a really deep level. And mm-hmm. so I feel even in this season of vulnerability, I've noticed that throughout my life, there's different people that are put in different seasons to expose weaknesses, but in a sense where there's greater potential for myself mm-hmm. And it gets to pull out uh, what's really there. Um, Yeah. So right now, let's let's see vulnerability. So scary. (laughs) You know, I think my reflection is I'm such a a transparent person, but the vulnerability piece of learning how to share what you need 
is a mm. whole nother level of exposure to me. Yeah. And especially in quarantine and when we are in close quarters with like maybe just one or a couple people, I think for me, I, I feel like, man, there's so many layers, but there's a piece of I'm learning to expose my voice, but also find my voice again, because I've put so much value in the needs and and in other space for people mm-hmm. that I'm in a I'm in a space of like, what is giving myself permission to speak look like and how do I tell my voice that my body is a safe space for it to reside in Mm -hmm. um it all sounds vague but I'm getting (laughs) no 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 it's good I it's interesting because I I feel like I'm learning that in this season too because even when Mm. we were roommates (laughs) like I feel like we were very aware of each other, which was so good. Like just knowing, okay, does, do they need space? Do they need to talk? But I think it's one thing to know what you need inside and also kind of have an idea of what another person needs, but then to communicate that is a yeah. whole nother level of vulnerability. And I, cause I feel like there was times where it was like, <laughs> I can say this for myself. There was times where it was like, I maybe in my introverted moment right now and I don't necessarily want to talk but I want you to sit with me I just want you to be around Mm. but it was like I never said that to you like Mm -mm. it was never like hey like I actually want you to just come say it we don't have to talk just be in the room (laughs) with me and that is a vulnerable thing because I feel like it puts power in the other person's hands to either reject you or to accept you and be like I don't well I don't want to sit with you right now and that's hurtful you know and in the season with like even being with my parents like my mom and I are like super close, super tight, but there's still moments where I'm like, huh, how do I communicate? Like, I know what I need right now in this moment, but now I need to tell her that I need this. And I think that's huge for any relationship. Cause there's like moments where like just the other day, I, I really wanted alone time with my mom because mm-hmm. it's always, my parents are always around at the same time. And I was like, I, I really, I know I need this. Like I, I need girl time with my mom. And to say that, even though I know my mom loves me and obviously in my head, deep down, I know she's going to be like, of course, but there's still that piece of like, I could be rejected by you after I share with you that I need time with you and just you, you know, and that's so scary. And I'm definitely, I'm learning that in this season. And I think it's huge for any relationship to really build a bond. Mm. Yeah. Yo, and I'm telling you, that's why I'm saying, I feel like each each person that we kind of come in contact to kind of prepares us for the next or the next season. Cause mm-hmm. I felt the same way sometimes even for myself, it's like, I'm like, what are my needs? I first need to be able to identify, but even in this season being around who I am now, people are so much more vocal in a healthy way of what they need that I'm like, that's an example for me to try. Mm. And I've noticed, and maybe you can resonate with this, but the difficulty for me is because probably in my own childhood, it's like I voiced a need and it got neglected or I voiced a need and it wasn't met or there was some type of rejection. And so therefore I just had layers and layers to where it's like, I no longer knew my voice or what I needed. And so to, cause I'll share this. I mean, this is vulnerability, (laughs) but uh, you know, even in a, like a recent conversation I had with a friend, it's like they were voicing a need or a hurt And because it was so raw and because I'm someone who always wants to go before people and make sure that Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen as like Mm self-defense, it like triggered an internal like childhood wound that Mm -hmm. I had to like take a step back and like process for a couple hours. Cause I was like, yo, someone just told me 
just something simple. It should be a simple like interaction, Mm -hmm. but it can Mm -hmm. hit on such a deeper level. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think because, I mean, we both have kind of similar childhoods sort of, um, of just that like neglect or rejection. And I feel like even like, it's one thing to communicate what you need and be rejected, but also there's a level of rejection. I feel like I'm sure you can resonate with this too, because this is what I felt like is if someone tells me I did something wrong or they need me Mm -hmm. to change something or fix something or do something a different way, I automatically translate to that to I'm not a good person. You don't love me. You don't want me around. Mm -hmm. Like it's this automatic of like, not that they're rejecting something that I did or something I said, but they're rejecting me as an entire being. And that's how Mm -hmm. I've always translated that. And it came from, you know, perfectionism of like trying something and being told like, I I don't want you or you're stupid or you're dumb. It was like a rejection of me as an entire person. And I think in this season, I'm really learning like healthy communication. And I feel like our generation, maybe it's just who I've been in relationship with or just, I don't know, but I just feel like as a whole, like our generation is really bad at healthy communication. And it's the whole idea of like self-love and like cancel culture and different things like that. Where as soon as someone says something that they don't like about you or something that you did or you said, we automatically feel like we're entirely canceled. Like us as an entire being is canceled and they don't love us and we're not wanted. And there's just a lack of healthy communication of being able to say like, hey, I don't like that thing you're doing, but I still love you as a person. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I reject you as a person. I just need that one little thing that you're doing to change, you know? Yeah, I feel like- someone did tell me this once and this was wild to me and this is why I say I feel like I always go by this motto of like who comes into my life it's either a lesson a purpose or it's to mirror something for me or to show me something and I remember I met this gentleman and we only met a couple times at this conference and he made this point where he's like Cassie I've only had a couple conversations with you but he's like I can tell there's a difference between you know how you perceive certain mistakes you know, mm. a healthy person would say, oh, maybe I didn't do that right. I'll try again. But just like you said, another way of viewing that is like, I didn't do that right. I'm not right. And it's just like the voice of shame and like living in that mm. and being able to distinguish both. And like the more that we heal from trauma, it's like, wow, it's like heal- healing the inner child. Like I had to literally just sit there, you know, and have moments of like, okay, what does little Cassie need right now? You know, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I comfort little Cassie? so that we can grow up in the spaces we weren't able to. Yeah, and yeah. I think too, like, once you reach that healthy healthy place of like, when people are telling you something you did, they don't like, once we're able to distinguish those two things, uh, we can also realize like when people, not all the time, but like you said, it's a mirror. And so sometimes when people come at us for certain things, it's because they're also feeling that way about themselves or they're experiencing Mm. that like I know for myself like I used to be extremely judgmental of people especially if it was like something embarrassing Mm. like I would get secondhand embarrassment and be like oh my god this is horrible it's terrible whatever even if it was like a a little kid say it like a talent show and they're like they're a child but if they're doing bad I would be like oh my god this is so embarrassing but it's because I was so judgmental of myself that that judgment was cast on everybody else. And it was like, it left no room for exploration, creativity, 
um, vulnerability. It left no room for that because I was automatically like judgmental of everyone else's process or, um, you know, how they express themselves or, you know, how they created whatever, or even the level of type of creativity that they had, whether they were a beginner or, um, advanced or whatever. Like I was so judgmental of other people because I was judgmental of myself. And so it's crazy when you're able to get to that healthy place of like, either whatever someone says to me or about me is either true. And I need to look Mm -hmm. at myself and then process that and, and, and realize it's not me as an entire being, but it's just something about me that maybe can change or it's what they're experiencing. And they're so judgmental of themselves that now they're projecting it on me. And to be able to be in that space, to be able to distinguish the two and then respond based on which one it is, is like huge. It's huge. But I think our culture doesn't allow for that because of cancel culture, because, you know, with social media, like we've talked about this, like it's so scary to put bold opinions or statements on Mm -hmm. what you believe or what you think out on social media, because if someone thinks you're wrong, it's like they'll completely demolish you and Mm. cancel you and they want nothing to do with you when it's like Mm. that could have been a, a conversation. There is a piece too of when we respond from a place of our inner child and we respond from our present place. Mm. And I feel from my own journey is like when, when I have like a small interaction, but it feels so massive in myself, I'm like, okay, this is a like invitation that it's my inner child that really needs healing or needs space Mm. to just like grieve or express. And that's where, you know, even in my own process, after I had, as I shared a little bit earlier, like that, a little bit of an encounter of like someone told me, oh, you know, this hurt me or, you know, you could have done this better. It's like, I had to take two hours and I just had to like cry. But after I cried, it was like this cloud moved away and it was like, oh, I can say, oh, that's all they needed. I'm really appreciative that they told me that. And that I I could feel the transfer from little to big Cassie, you know, it's crazy, (laughs) but it's so true. Like, and to touch on the social media piece and community is, uh, yeah, like for me, it's like real transformation and change comes with like dialogue and understanding one another. And then when we just cut things off, it's like, I'm missing out on something I could learn and I'm missing out on something I can share because I'm no longer educating. I'm just throwing something out. And then now people are choosing sides and therefore we're just kind of pulling ourselves into our own opinions when I still think that there's something that can be exchanged for like deeper healing and deeper collectiveness. Mm-hmm. And even like my last comment, even on that, cause for me, spirituality started for me and like believing in God when is how I saw community. And I mm-hmm. was in college and I was around this like Christian club and literally I'd be around this group And people would be like, oh, I didn't like how you said that. Can we talk about that later and reconcile that? And in my head, I was like, who are these people? But they, (laughs) they would, they were really adamant about talking through conflict or, and they would hang out all the time. And everybody seemed so deep that I had to ask myself, I'm like, what am I missing? Because they look alive to me. Like Mm. they look like they're living fully that I feel like I'm missing out. 
And as I just got to know them, I was like, wow, these are people that are really engaged in wholeness and want to be whole. And they Mm -hmm. know it means like really hard conversations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've kind of been thinking about that a lot too lately. And that's why my first podcast was called vulnerability breeds community. And it's because Mm -hmm. like you, if you think about anything, any church or any like group that you've been a part of specifically leaders, if you see a leader, that's like, looks like they have it all together. They talk like they have it all together. They don't ever share any struggles that they have. There's a huge disconnect and you feel like they're above me and I'm way down here. I can never relate to them. I can never be close to them because there's no like common ground. And I feel like vulnerability really breeds that common ground, but vulnerability only comes in those tough conversations. Like vulnerability is hard. (laughs) Vulnerability is not cute. It's not like gentle. It's not comfortable. It's very uncomfortable. And I feel like, especially in this climate that we're in politically, socially, even just church, like everything, it's very, we can really get caught up in thinking that unity means that we agree on every single thing. And that's not what unity is at all. And I think vulnerability could really help that conversation in all of those different categories of like, we may not agree on every single thing, but our common goal, like say in the church is our common goal is Jesus. Like that is our common goal. We're, we're trying to um, share Jesus with the world. And that doesn't mean we have to agree on every single aspect. Like, and if, if we have that mindset, it's really hard to get a full picture of the body of Christ. Um, and I think that's where vulnerability comes in because if I can come into a conversation and not expect that everything I say, you're going to agree with Mm -hmm. and vice versa, then we can have a, a real conversation that can not only breed community, but it then creates like healthiness. And there is so much in all of those categories, politically, socially, the church that is unhealthy. And that's because we have this idea of like, everyone needs to be on the same page about every single thing. And any moment that someone disagrees, they're out Mm. and we want nothing to do with them. And that is just, it's super unhealthy. So then you have all these people walking around with like severed (laughs) arms or like severed, you know, just like pieces of them that are severed because someone decided somewhere that they didn't want to have a conversation. They just wanted to cut it off. And it's like, I, I, the more and more I have conversations with different people and it's like, I even get caught up in this where it's like, I don't want to deal with you. So I'm just going to cut it off rather than being like, let me sit in this uncomfortableness. Even if I feel like I'm being called out of my crap and you're calling me out and things that I need to change. Like, let me sit in this so that I'm not burning bridges every single Mm. with all these different relationships and different um, communities. Like, yeah, I could go on a whole tangent, but (laughs) I'll stop there. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes, I mean, just the image that I got is some, it looks like even what we see in the church will mirror like what is happening in the larger perspective. And so, which is a really sad, it's it's sad to see because it's, I I feel like how community is meant to be within the church is a way, just like you said, inviting different perspectives and being like, our center is Jesus. And therefore Mm -hmm. that's what keeps us united, but it allows us to sit through things because otherwise Mm -hmm. there isn't much growth.
I noticed this when we were like living together that you have a lot of different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have your crump community, you have church, community, like you have different, these different communities um, that I think you do really well in as like staying solid in who you are as a believer. But I think you do really well. Um, I'm just like curious, like if you could shed light on like what vulnerability has looked like in these different communities, even like seasonally, like for you, um, I know your community has shifted quite a lot just over the years of like people moving or you moving. Um, I guess my first question is like, do you feel like God has provided the exact people that you needed, not necessarily wanted? And also like, how has vulnerability, what does it look like in these different communities, like with Crump and different things like that? Mm. Wow. Spencer should definitely be a pastor, you know, (laughs) these are some real questions. Uh, This is some spiritual insight. (laughs) Yeah, I I would start off by saying, coming, even just coming to LA, because I left behind a community, a job, people that I knew for like seven years. So it was a very drastic transition. And I feel in my journey with God, God constantly does the unexpected, but I think Mm -hmm. it's almost in another layer, like healing trauma of like, there was so much change in my childhood Mm -hmm. that it's like, God is like, let's rewrite this, but I'm going to rewrite it with you. Wow. And so coming to LA, you know, even just starting with the church and that's where I met Spencer and the discipleship program that I was a part of um, with dance, meeting those women was already so transformative because it almost feels like each person I meet is for a season where God is like, this is what we're going to focus on, Mm. you know? And so for those women, it was like reestablishing my foundation because I just left a job. I left a relationship. I left what I thought was my dream, but really what God was saying, he's like, no, I'm rescuing you from your dream and I'm bringing you Mm. into what you really want, but you just don't see it yet, you know? And so, you know, even from that church and then being a part of Crump, Crump to me, I mean, that community, wow, I, it, it just feels, it was like a tool where God was like, we're going to peel back all the layers and I'm going to allow you to face your trauma full force mm. because tra- because Crump is so raw and even the community there, it mostly being men and my trauma being mostly with men, I was like, all right, let's step <laughs> into this, you know? Um, and then I even think, Honestly, I feel like for you, Spencer, that was like the first friendship here that I was like, this is so God. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. the will of God. I feel uh, on track. I feel like life is coming back to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so, and where it's like, even now in this season and who I'm around, it's like, it's like now God is like, okay, now we're ready to start to begin to prepare for our purpose and step into the purpose. Mm -hmm you know, and so I do have to say, you know, one thing I learned about myself is I am very much like, uh, I am an extrovert, an evangelist, like I, I do have a lot of communities, but sometimes the downfall is that I don't ever have to be vulnerable because only people get to see a surface. Mm. And so I'm learning in, in the strategic people that God puts into my life that he's like, no, he's like, I still want to go deeper because there's still more there, mm-hmm. you know, of, digging out my voice. Um, but yeah, but I'd say overall in, in each community that I'm a part of that 
it requires a different piece of me, but it collectively helps me put myself back together. And mm-hmm. I'm able to, man, there are so many layers, so many layers. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I feel, I mean, it's mostly for me, it's mostly Crump and the specific people that God has been placing that I get to just see more of my voice kind of, kind of come out and because I even just as an example like even as some of these events I've been at in the past I had people come up to me and they're like wow I can see a confidence growing in you and it's only because of just like this stillness that I've been spending with God or it's just because it's like I've had to like expose myself more and more in these situations that allows me to kind of be grounded I feel I don't know if that answers a question yeah no 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 it does yeah um I was going to say too, like I, I've noticed that even just on social media since moving, mm. um, I have noticed like your growth mm. and it just, it like specifically in Crump, but in your voice and being willing to share like the gift you do have, mm. um, which has been really cool to see. Cause I know mm. that's been, I mean, that's a struggle for anybody, especially artists to be able to share what we create or what comes out of us naturally, like freestyling or whatever to be able to share that. Um, but I was going to say too, like, and I, I think you've done this just the conversations we've had, like, and, and this, the, like different conversations you've had with different people within Crump, like of being vulnerable with people. And I think, I think you are more vulnerable than you realize Mm. because in order for people to feel comfortable to open up the way they have to you, Mm there's got to be some level of vulnerability that you've shown first, Mm. which is so Jesus, by Mm. the way, Mm. like that it's a whole nother tangent I could go on. Um, but I was watching this video, uh, Jackie Hill Perry and Preston Perry talking about pornography, but they were talking about how like the, uh, the relationship between a man and woman marriage is, is literally the man like showing his love to the woman first and out of that Mm -hmm. a woman responds and that is jesus loving the church and i feel like you do that really well because of the conversations i've heard that you've had with different people in Mm -hmm. the community there's no way i mean there is a way that the people feel obviously people feel holy spirit on you and there's some Mm -hmm. level of comfort comfortability that people feel and they just kind of open up like that's the thing that happens but i do feel like there's some level of vulnerability that you have had to have shown them for them to be as vulnerable as they have with you. Hmm. Like people don't just like open up just to open up. Like there's something yeah. there that's happened that they feel like, wow, I can be open and, and vulnerable with this person. Hmm. So um, I think that's really huge that, hmm. and I, I've seen that I've witnessed that, but also then I've, I've seen you um, open up yourself. Like, hmm. and so it's one thing to be vulnerable with other people, but then to be vulnerable with yourself. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like Yo. recently I, it's crazy too, because I feel like going back to judge being so judgmental, um, you know, I talk about a lot about like the cycle and of abuse or like, and there's cycles and everything. And the only way to get out of a cycle being a cycle is being able to step up in whatever area needs to be stepped up in (laughs) and stepping outside of the cycle Mm. and being the first to do that thing. Mm. So like in the cycle of abuse of like interactions between men and women, like someone at some point has to step out of that cycle and decide I'm going to be selfless. Even if I get hurt still, I'm still mm. going to be selfless and I'm going to forgive. And that cycle still goes for vulnerability too. In order to have a community that's vulnerable and have a community that is 
deeply connected, someone somewhere has to decide I'm going to be the first person to put myself out on the line and be vulnerable Mm. first. Even if no one Mm. responds to it, even if they reject it, even if they make fun of me, I'm still going to be vulnerable because out of that, someone somewhere will eventually decide, Hmm, that feels really good to me. I'm going to be vulnerable too. And then Mm. you start to perpetuate this cycle of vulnerability. Um, and Mm. I've noticed that in myself, like, you know, I talked about this on my first podcast podcast too. I'm very transparent. I'll tell you anything and everything you ever want to know. But as far as the vulnerability piece, the emotion behind those events, it's a different story. And so I'm having to learn how to be vulnerable on that level. Recently, I had a conversation with this friend who's been trying to get me on his music for the longest time. And I was kind of avoiding the reason why I didn't want to be on his tracks or anybody's tracks, to be honest. But so eventually I told him, I was like, I'm really nervous. Like, I'm really nervous when it comes to featuring on people's music. And it's because I fear I'm not going to be good enough. But it took vulnerability for me to say that to him. And he could have easily rejected that. He could have made fun of me for it. He could have made it really light and been like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he was like, he, he, his response was so good because he was like, all you need is somebody to just push you. And I was like, that's like, it was just so good. Cause I was like, wow. I was like, he didn't make fun of me for being nervous. He didn't like kind of brush it off and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, there's no way that you're actually that nervous, whatever, you know, all these, mm. these excuses, but he sat with me and he was like, he's like, no, I, he's like, you just need somebody to like, in a sense, like believe in you. And I was like, mm. that's so true. But I wouldn't have gotten that response from him and the encouragement if I hadn't first been vulnerable. <sighs> And so I talk a lot about like cycles because, yeah. you know, someone at some point has to do the work and it's scary and it's rough and you really are exposing yourself. But think about it like you could be the person that starts a, a healthy cycle and reverse the negative cycles in mm. your life and in other people's lives. sermon (laughs) I do have to say you know just touching on that like I feel like I was getting emotional just even listening to you talk because I feel like you Spencer was someone that you were that for me of sometimes we just need people to really see what is in us for us to be like oh I agree with that you know Mm. and I've been learning about vulnerability and community as well that you know, as we journey, it's like sometimes what we see in other people is actually a reflection of what's really in us. And so Mm. sometimes it's really helpful, you know, being like, man, I want to live a life like this and to surround ourselves with people that are already living that life because it's like, I can do that as well. Mm. And I, I just feel, yeah, even for myself, it's so, I love the piece where you said there's vulnerability being with people, but vulnerability with ourself And I think throughout my process in this quarantine and in general, the biggest nugget I've taken away is the root of my fear and the deepest like vulnerable part of me is that if I, if people find out who I really am, they won't love me. 
Oof. And it's like, for me learning, how do I take less power from what I put in people and place it back in myself and in God and walk in that place? Because then I, that's what's so crazy. It's like when I am solidified in myself and who God says I am, I mean, it sounds so like Christian words, but like, you know, that's that foundation. Mm -hmm. I can be free and therefore the atmosphere, the community around me will feel more free because I'm giving myself permission to have space and therefore people will have permission. But when I feel, when I'm putting my worth in other people, they, you know, you can feel that like rigidness. And that's, what's so crazy. Like, it's just, I, in my own space as well, I'm trying to break that cycle of how do I establish my worth, even when it was like crushed, maybe at a young age or confidence or whatever, so that I can allow other people to free be free. That's really huge. Cause I, it, it sounds so like Christian cliche, whatever, but it's true. Like the more that you are solidified in your identity in in god it's like you can take on people disagreeing with you and being like okay mm-hmm. and either and and it's a lot easier to take that disagreement and be like okay either there's something here that i need to analyze and look at within myself and not take it personally but literally just be like okay there's something here to analyze or you can easily distinguish it and be like they're off and what they're saying about me isn't true. And I can just immediately disconnect from it. And it doesn't take a toll on you. And you don't sit there for days and days and days analyzing it and being like, oh my God, am I wrong? Oh my God, did I say something wrong? They're going to hate me. You know, if you have that solid identity, like it's when you break it down, it really just means like, you know, that you're loved by someone completely known, completely loved by the creator of the universe. And therefore anything that anyone else has to say it can't affect me on that level because I already know I'm accepted. I don't need Mm -hmm. to be accepted by you, Mm -hmm. by anybody, because I'm already accepted by the one person that actually matters. Mm. Um, And getting that revelation is huge. And I personally feel like I'm in that season of like learning that. And a lot of it has actually come from stepping out first and putting myself out there online specifically because putting yourself out uh, online is scary like people are ruthless like people just don't care and it's because they're behind a screen they feel like they can say whatever they want yeah but putting myself out there like that has really put me in a place of like I have to know who I am and know what I stand on what I believe and whose opinions I care about or don't care about so that every negative comment or every negative thing that someone has to say doesn't affect me on such a great level that it debilitates me Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has come through putting myself out there but also like just spending time with God and being like okay who do you say that I am and what can I stand on so when people come with um inaccurate like statements about who I am and who my character is like I can either disagree with it or just analyze in a healthy way and then just move on with my life and not let it completely devour me yeah and even even with that I kind of look at this with God on many different levels is sometimes I'll sit back and I'll be like, wow, God, I do thank you that I'm not further ahead because you still have to lay the foundation Mm. because the further I go. And if this isn't laid down, I will be like destroyed internally. Mm -hmm. And that means if it's internally, then externally it's chaos. And I, my last comment, (laughs) no, you're good. You're good. good. It's like, uh, I remember being in ministry and, this one minister, he said every time before he went to the college campus or before he went like on his job, you know, he sat on the steps of the school and he, for 30 minutes, he'd say, I belong to God. 
And he Mm. said, he's like, I had to reintroduce myself to Jesus because I was just so, it's like, he's like, I needed something. It almost like, it was like a new foundation, but just a new clarity and connection to step into what he needed to step into because there was going to be so much pushback, Mm. you know, and putting yourself out there. I feel like this is what I say, like influential leaders are loved or hated. I don't see really an in-between. Yep. So if we're following Jesus, like technically that's what our life is going to look like. And if mm-hmm. we don't have the foundation, then we just, we don't really follow him in the full capacity, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's where the invitation is. It's like, man, am I going to, where am I going to choose to put my worth? And then how do I walk that out? <sighs> yeah. What you said about um, like wanting to be further ahead, but then realizing like, thank God I'm not further ahead or where I actually want to be because I would literally be devoured that (laughs) when you said that, I was like, Ooh, because that's literally where I am. Like for so long, I've been upset or frustrated with God because I'm like, you've said these things about me. Why am I not further along? Like, why am I not already there? And now the season that I'm in now, I'm realizing like, that's why, (laughs) like there's certain Mm -hmm. things that are coming up that I'm like, that is why I'm not where I think I should be. Thank God that you know better than me. And and I'm walking in your timing and not trying to get ahead of you because, or you wouldn't even let me get ahead of you because you knew that if I got ahead to where I think I should be, I would be a wreck. Like mm-hmm. I would be destroyed from the inside out because I think in, in most ways I have a very like, eh, I don't really care what people say, but like I said, with being online and in a different way, a more exposed way, there are certain things in me that are still codependent. And I've had to be like, I've had to literally come out to like to my parents and be like, what do you think about this? Am I wrong? Because I was sitting with what someone said and was so like discouraged by it and hurt and like Mm -hmm. taking it um, personally. And like these different situations had made me realize like, thank God that I'm not where I want to be because I was not ready, was not ready. Even if I thought I was, God knew better and knew that there was still work to be done internally before that comes, even if that never comes, like the work is still good and important, but, um, yeah, I'm just thankful that God is so faithful to protect us from what we think we are ready for when we're really not. not. And I think, you know, like with the vulnerability piece too, is like I said, I, I really feel like it's so strategic who we meet in different seasons of our life to be like, okay, the, the last person prepared you for this person mm-hmm. and this last season prepared you for the next season because, you know, God is like, I'm going to gently go deeper. And sometimes I, I, sometimes I just have this thought, I'm like, God, what if the journey is really just being whole with you? Like that's our mm-hmm. whole life's purpose. And then whatever we create with that is like, is to benefit whoever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I even had that thought when I was driving the other day where I was driving, I was driving and I was like, I was like, wow, God, my life really isn't my life it is your Mm. life in a sense Mm. of yes, you've given me control and I have desires, but really I have to surrender. I give it back to you because you're like, I know the dream that you really want. Mm -hmm. And so there's like this vulnerability with like God, with people, with ourselves of like, am I really willing to let this much go to God, to let God show me that he knows me that well, you know? That's huge. That's really huge. Cause I think I relate to that a lot because especially since moving away from LA Hmm. like that was that that took a lot of faith for me to be like this looks nothing like 
what I've been told my life is going to look like through prophetic words, but also what I thought it was supposed to look like in order to get to where God wants me. And it's like, I've had to realize, and I'm still, it's still something I'm working through of like having to give my life over to God and be like, I may never move back to LA, even though like, I thought that's what my life had to look like. Um, and letting go of that and realizing like wherever God leads me to, it may not quote unquote, feel comfortable or right. Cause I feel like often in trusting God and being vulnerable with him in that way, we feel like we have to feel comfortable or feel at peace mm. all the time. Like I always hear people like, do you feel peace about it? You can feel <laughs> a level of peace and still be like, this feels like boo-boo. Like this is yeah. not fun, but it can yeah. still be right. And it can still 100% be what God is telling you to do. And that's what the season feels like for me. Mm. And it's taken a lot of vulnerability with God to not only be like, I don't trust you, but now I'm going to step into this and try to trust you and I need you to show up. And it can still feel like sometimes, like we say with other people or even ourselves, like we can feel rejected by God because it feels yeah. like he's abandoned us. Like, why are you leading me through this season? This is crappy. Like, but it's like, yeah. not every season is going to feel good. And that's just part of it. But ultimately I know like even the season that I'm in is like, horrible as it feels like doing all this internal work and living in a city that I never thought I would live in again, never wanted to. I know that it's preparing me for the next season and it ultimately is for my good. Mm -hmm. And it's for me, like you said, to become more whole with mm. Jesus. It's not about what I create. It's not about what I build, what companies I build. It's not about these things. It's about my relationship with God and my relationship with people. And that's like, that's it everything else under that is, is great. And it, it it's awesome, but it's not the goal. Like mm. my goal is relationship with God and relationship with people. And with mm. that comes vulnerability and being uncomfortable and it's not always cute. So like final thoughts anything at all my my last thought because I just think a lot about Brene Brown uh mm. but you know she says that joy is one of the most vulnerable emotions to express and I I had to really sit with that but I I was realizing you know the past couple of days I'm like it's really be for me it's really because there's so many things that hinder joy and joy I feel like is one of the freest emotions because it's mm. so connected to our childlike state yep. that when we get to live from that place, which I feel like Jesus invites us to, right? Like he invites mm -hmm. us to come back to having that type of faith, having that type of life, because it's like a child is like, oh, you hurt me. You hurt me. Okay, we're cool. You know, like, mm -hmm. like life is simple, but uh, there's this freedom that I think vulnerability invites us into, but it's just like the fear surrounded just to get to that place. But when it's practiced more, like with exposure therapy, then it's like, we can feel more full. Our connections can feel more full. And then our community, the like nationally can be more full when we just learn how to have these healthy interactions. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's so good. It's so funny because my last, my, I think it's podcast is coming out this week, um, which by this time it'll already be out. So go listen to it. Um, yeah. But it talks about like childlike joy 
and how mm. I had this situation that happened. I won't share too much because it's on that podcast, but I, I had an experience where I felt myself almost condemning myself for having fun and having joy, childlike joy. Cause it was like, well, you're an adult. You don't do that. Um, mm. And how vulnerable it was to sh- expose that joy and have other people see that joy. Cause again, with that comes rejection, mm. especially like as we get older, like people are like, as an adult, you have to look a certain way or act a certain way. And if you have any amount of like childlike nature in you, it's like rejected. Um, mm. But I too believe God is calling us to a place of childlike joy, faith, yeah. just this, this pure state um, of it, life, experiencing life. But so good. Um, tell the people where they can find you, Instagram, et cetera. Yes, you can holler at me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me at Cassandra Solis on Instagram or at Cassandra Solis as well on Facebook. Yes. Yes. And are there any, any, any projects that you're in the future that you're doing that you would want people to know about? Yeah, you know, I am working... I do a little bit, I'm still a little beginner and fresh with spoken word, but kind of doing some pieces more on my journey of kind of reconnecting with my body and body image and incorporating that with movement. And so, yeah, I'm kind of working on putting some art pieces of that together for women that have kind of been through a similar journal or similar journey or like struggle with that. Mm, So good. Can't wait. Yes. Well, thanks, friend, for joining thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Cassie for joining me on this podcast and exploring vulnerability with me. And thank you for listening. As always, I love you, best friend. Mm-hmm.